Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. You might notice, I guess listeners wouldn't because they can't see me, but you might notice yeah. that my, my camera quality and angle and everything is very different I, today. Yeah. Uh, you helped me out a couple days ago, so this isn't going to come as a surprise to you, but um, I set up my, my little my little laptop uh, to test out to make sure that it would work uh, as a portable recording setup while traveling uh, soon, very soon. I'll be traveling next week. I'm very excited. Very soon. Yeah. Um, and I just left it set up because why would I tear it all down? Sure. Uh, and I sat down to record. I was like, oh, I guess I'm using this tonight. <laughs> well, I guess this is here. Yeah, uh, so, so we're know, recording on a special day. Uh, yeah. Normally we record on Sundays, and normally so. we're streaming live on Twitch, but not today. No, it's a fucking Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. I'm using a totally different, weird setup, but I also, you know, I kind of figured it's probably best to do like a a real world test as well, uh, and not just a like a brief hangout with you, chat, and run other things in the background sort of test. Yeah, but yeah, it's a fucking Tuesday. We don't, we don't do Tuesdays. I know. Like, uh, today was a really weird day. Like, I woke up super early. Um, I uh, uh, I gave... Uh, uh, I watched this movie. Yeah, um, you watched it early. I did. I watched it at... Well, so I had intentions of starting to watch it at 8 a.m. Okay. And then I had, I had, I had my day blocked out. Yeah. I didn't end up waking up until 9. Okay. Um, so there's that. Uh, so yeah. I did end up start watching it around 9 a.m. <clears throat> after I like you know did the breakfast thing, put the you know got the dog outside, the whole spiel. So yeah. about 9 a.m. I started watching this movie, and then I uh, got ready for my day, and I actually went to Starbucks, and I uh, um, did a little work there. Yeah, but stupidly, I, I know I I I I'm, this is my new thing. I'm going to start working at Starbucks because I find. I love my setup, but like mm -hmm. all my games are here, my mm -hmm. TV's here, my dog is here, and I get very distracted very easily. And it's, I don't have the self discipline to not, because I'm like, well, I mean, this monitor is just sitting here, and that's where yeah. my very nice, expensive computer is attached to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, that's it's the same concept as you know, when you've heard me say in the past that being able to work from home is great, mm -hmm. needing to is terrible. And like sometimes it's so helpful to just have a place to like to leave to go yeah. to, which is why you often hear me talk about going to a co-working space uh, or whatnot to work. Because yeah, sometimes you just like you just can't get anything done in your home. You just can't. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the type of work that I'm doing is you know it's it's network work or it's like a side project I'm working on. It's not like my job job. Like I'm not getting paid for any of these things. So right. it's very easy for me to be like, eh, I'll play games. Yeah. You know, cause it's not my job. <laughs> like I'm not doing it for work work. Yeah. Um, yeah although yeah, yeah. technically one of them is, is a potential of, but you know, right. So I ended up going to Starbucks, uh, and you know, I, I sat down and there was two other, uh, guys working kind of around me and I was like, all right, mm -hmm. this, you know, this is cool. I drank my drink. I got a lot done actually. Um, but I was only there for about an hour and it started pouring rain and oh. I realized and remembered I left my balcony door wide open. 
Oh no! And my balcony door, uh, no matter which way the rain is coming, it goes directly in and just leaves a giant puddle on my living room floor. Why would it not? Why would it not? It does not matter which way the the rain is, you know, like the Forrest Gump style. Sometimes the rain came straight up and down and (laughs) diagonal. It does not matter. It will go into my living room. Yeah. But also, I remembered my brand new PlayStation 5 is on the living room floor next to my TV, which is by that door. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I'm just like picturing it in my head. I'm like, it's just sitting in a puddle, sparking. Uh, and this is it. It's, it's done for. Um, so I, you know, packed out my stuff really fast, ran home. Luckily it was not, uh, not even near it, but it was, uh, it was a scary thought. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, uh, all that to say, uh, that little incident, which is probably the most like menial, tedious, tiny little thing was more exciting than this movie. (laughs) <laughs> and with that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb. <laughs> that's just it. That's it. That's, that's all the, this. That's all this the, the, the sigh was part of it. <laughs> so we are continuing our month of time travel films. You fucked um, up. I, we fucked up. You I fucked, fucked up. up. Um... But in all fairness, so, uh, so, you know, we, we started off the month with a listener request, multiple listener requests with predestination, which is mm-hmm. a great time travel movie. I would it say was. arguably one of the best time travel, like in the top five best time travel movies I've ever seen and probably the best time travel movie we've ever reviewed. It's definitely up there. It's up there. Yeah. At yeah, least yeah, yeah. I can't think of a better one. Um, and then uh, we did Time Warp uh, last week, uh, which... which was goofy. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, but, you know, it was it was exactly what it was. It was a 1981 comedy TV movie. Yeah. yeah. Now, this one yeah. I actually had hope for. This is an indie film. I mean, this is a very, very small budget film. I think the estimated was 15000 Canadian. Um, this is a Canadian film. Um, oh, so like $37. Yeah, roughly. And, and some change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got Wait, $10 and a maple leaf. How's that? Um, <laughs> this so was made I, in 20... Oh, my God. This is last year. So I guess it would have been... Yeah. The exchange rate's a little closer these days. <laughs> so this movie was made in 2019 and released early 2022. Um, so this is just like right on the cusp. Huh? 2020. Sorry. Did we actually time travel to watch this movie? <laughs> we did time travel to watch this movie. So, <laughs> what a waste of time travel. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, I would rather just get drunk. Um, so the uh, so I, I actually had high high hopes for this movie. Uh, I scheduled this movie by reading the description and seeing the writer and the cast. So uh, first off, I do want to point out that this film is uh, written by and stars an entirely black cast, give or take one one or two people. The, um, yeah, the the two main characters are, and then like every. Like the not all of the the ancillary characters like there's a priest there's a nurse the whatever but they the the important characters and pretty much the only people who have speaking roles in this movie yes. uh, that isn't just like one line uh, are, uh, are are is a black cast and the writer and director of this film is also um, uh, black and the plot of this movie so this is directly from IMDb is. Sarah, upon accidentally discovering time travel through the use of a drug, must now travel back one year into the past to save her son from a fatal accident. Now, in reading that description, I'm like, cool. Yeah, that Uh, sounds cool. It sounds cool. But if you guys actually remember, uh, coincidentally, there was a movie that just came out last year, uh, or this year, actually, starring Anthony Mackie, uh, Anthony Mackie, who is... um, uh, Captain America. Now he mm-hmm. he's Captain America, called yeah, Synchronic, and uh, he fuck yeah he is. Uh, uh, and and Synchronic is basically this same plot. It is Anthony Mackie discovers time travel using this drug, and ends up going back in time and saving his friend's kid. I think it is. I forgot who exa- how exactly she's related to him, um, but he ends up going back in time to basically save her. Um, because hmm. she gets stuck in the past. Synchronic is is a Netflix original film, and it is fantastic. 
all yeah. of the Netflix <clears throat> original films that have Anthony Mackie in it have been great. Watch all of them. There is okay. uh, uh, Synchronic. There was the one we just reviewed uh, called Titan. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. What was it called? No. Not uh, Titan. Io. Io. Yep. Uh, the other moon. That's yeah, he no was. Moon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Io, uh, Synchronic, and then, uh, fuck, Under the Wire. No. Um, the one where he's a robot. There's that one. Do so those three films here. all roughly came out right around the same time. And he is in season two of Altered Carbon. Which um, was fantastic. That was one of the best sci-fi shows that I've seen in a long time. Uh, I, I've finished both seasons and can't wait for more. I I liked season two better than I liked season one. <clears throat> and I definitely feel like season one started strong and ended strong, but was weird in the middle and got kind of like, but wait, if if why are you doing that if you can just do that and then in the end i was like oh okay okay i get it i get it and then season two was great because there was a lot more of uh, edgar Allan poe and i loved that yes yeah yes poe was great yeah, he was such a great character um <laughs> but yeah so very very similar plots and that's why i was like oh cool like i'm mm -hmm. down for seeing like an indie version of this and obviously uh, this, this isn't an action film. This is very much more of leaning towards the, like, I need to do time travel to do, you know, dramatic thing. Then later on, I started to see a little more information about the writer and director of this film, um, which listen, if your mission in life, and I use this term exactly as it is, <laughs> is to follow and push your religion that's fine cool mm -hmm. that's on mm -hmm. you i don't follow religion i think it's ridiculous but it is very heavy-handed in this film yeah um and i would say almost to a fault yeah uh because it 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 ended up <clears throat> making the entire plot of the movie pointless and <laughs> They kept like teeing up a, a, a like a moral, only to be like, ah, we'll just do it anyway. So I was like, but <laughs> the moral of the story is God's plan, and then you just basically were like, fuck God's plan. I'm gonna go do what I want anyways. Oh, but it gets even better when when we eventually spoil the ending because we're going to. Uh, it's even worse than that. <clears throat> but uh, oh, yeah, wow. I mean. Uh, you of course know, and some of our listeners, uh, who have heard us over the years will, will probably remember that, you know, I, I did grow up in a, in a very strong religious background you know, in, in my childhood. Uh, you know, I'm no longer a believer, but I you know, still remember a lot of stuff. And I, I can picture this being the kind of thing that would have been okay for us to watch growing up because it was ostensibly Christian. Yeah, because yeah. It, it was made by you know, a, a Christian filmmaker and had a message, and like this would have been the, the kind of thing, like you know, you, this is these are the kinds of movies you're allowed to watch, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, so I'm going to say it's it. We're only halfway through the year, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb. This is going to be a really bold statement. Oh shit. This is going to be the worst movie we watched this whole year. That is an incredibly bold statement because I know some of the stuff that we have teed up. <laughs> and so the thing about it is it, like... It just depends on what, your, uh, what criteria you're using for best and worst, but um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I. So the thing about this movie is nothing was interesting about it. None okay. of the characters were interesting or charismatic the plot was so confusing and convoluted or just missing <clears throat> and so much time was spent doing things that absolutely did not matter mm -hmm. that i found no joy in this film whatsoever and it sucks because i wanted to like i wanted this movie i was like this is going to be cool like this is you know super low like this is micro budget you know, all uh, all POC written, directed, starring, mm -hmm. cool cool premise, time travel, like fuck yeah, like I am down. This this has all the elements to be a really good movie, mm -hmm. and it was terrible. By the way, no we're talking about the movie Mudville. Time Sleeper. 
uh, which is available streaming on on Tubi TV. I'm sorry, I don't think we mentioned it, um, but th- it is called Time Sleeper. Total aside, uh, as I was str- uh, strolling my way through Tubi to find this movie earlier today, uh, I saw, and uh, maybe we'll have to, to cover it at some point, um, a this obscure, like weird apocalyptic sci-fi film that I, I watched as a kid. And one of the like the random ass weird movies that my dad rented and we watched uh, called The Quiet Earth. I don't know if you're at all familiar, but it's kind mm. of a, like last people on earth sort of thing. There's like a uh, guy wakes up and he thinks he's the last man on earth. He finds like two more people. Uh, that might be a spoiler, but <clears throat> anyway. Uh, fun fact, the first time that I can remember seeing nudity in a movie. Interesting. <laughs> There's a brief scene where you you see like uh, a man and a woman uh, like from like the the chest up both naked. Um, but <laughs> that that little factoid stuck with me because it was it was such a bizarre and like weird awkward sort of movie uh, yeah. that I I can't imagine holds up at all. But I'm gonna go back and watch it at some point. Oh, yeah. just, it's I'm down. Yeah, because <laughs> it it's just stuck with me all these years, and I don't know <laughs> why. Uh, also, uh, the the original and the uh, more recent uh, two episode uh, TV miniseries of the Andromeda Strain are both on there now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching, actually, uh, as a little bit of a palate cleanser, I started watching that yeah. <laughs> later this afternoon after I finished the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was it that I started watching? Um, oh, I started doing a little bit of Sequest ESV every so often. I'll just nice. like uh, Sequest uh, Roulette, where I'll just kind of like randomly pick a season and an episode and be like, that one. I mean, there's only like two seasons, but yeah. Uh, and I'll just pick an episode and be like, I'll watch this one. It's Star Trek Underwater. Um, yes. So... Um. Yeah, I I was also excited about the, the the premise of this movie. One because you know set it to death. Like I love time travel in yeah. in all of its forms, and this was a new one for me. Like a drug that causes time travel. Okay, like the closest experience I have to that is when I've been like really stoned and like time just moves really weird. Where like you know thirty seconds feels like ten minutes. Right. <laughs> like right. I jokingly call that time travel. So when I saw this description, I was like, okay, I know what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I know what's up. Um, yeah, so so the basic plot of this movie. <sighs> so here here's the thing that gets me about this movie. So we we said it right off the bat. We read what the what the official synopsis, this is the official synopsis from the the producers, the makers of this movie, is that mm-hmm. Sarah accidentally discovers time travel through the use of a drug and now must travel back one year in the past to save her son from a fatal accident. The problem is, is that there are so many things layered into this plot mm-hmm. that that basically revolve around how Sarah not only discovers the drug, how she needs to get more of the drug, and then her actually using it that so many things happen that just are like taking away from the point of the story that like, I did not give a fuck about her kid. In fact, you see her kid for maybe five seconds. You don't know. You don't really know how he died, what happened other than it's her fault. But, Oh, Oh, but we do, you know what? Fuck waiting to the end. I'm going to spoil this. Now we know exactly what happened. And this description is 100% bullshit. First it of is. all, there's there's no imperative in the story at all. There's no like she must go back. Like it's the only way. Like whatever. Right. She re, like discovers time travel, and we'll get into how and decides like, oh, well, if I do this enough, I can go back far enough to save my kid. Okay, like I get that. That's a, a strong motivator. Sure. Um, but there's the the implication that like you know it was it was an, uh, like a terrible accident, and it was all my fault. Which those two statements are completely at odds. If it's truly an accident, it's no one's fault, which is why collisions on the road uh, should not be referred to as accidents. Um, that's another story entirely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a that's a Caleb Coy city planner uh, <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yes. But <laughs> she eventually does go back in time. Here's your spoiler. We're at the, the 18 and a half minute mark. She goes back in time finally far enough to save her kid. And what we see is that she wakes up in a hospital 
just about to have an abortion and chooses not to and walks out. The whole thing's a fucking morality play about anti-abortion, and that's why it's complete trash. It is. Uh, and so there's this other... Done. Movie over. <laughs> movie over. Let's talk about Fuck anything this movie. Else. So the other very annoying thing about this is that there is yet another <laughs> plot line going on that just doesn't fucking matter and doesn't ma- it's it's the the only purpose for this one plot line is is the reason why the drug is discovered so mm-hmm. we learn that there is a virus uh mm-hmm. that affects people and it's called the sin virus the sin virus fuck off but it's 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 an acronym. They they spell it capital S I N capital S right. capital I capital N. Uh, but they never tell us what the acronym stands for. And so it's very clear that the intent was to convey sin lowercase without giving us any other like backstory to this. And again, this movie is trash. Yes. So. So the thing is, we learn is that she has the sin <clears throat> virus, right? Um, and uh, this company called V Corp um, makes basically a drug that you take uh, weekly, daily, weekly, or I think they say, and that's uh, whatever. Yeah, they um, don't. Basically, you take this drug weekly, and you don't get sick. So obviously, there's uh, there's definitely parallels towards like AIDS and, mm-hmm. and HIV or something like that. Um, you know, with how it's described. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so so Sarah um, basically wakes up. She goes about her day, realizes she is out of this drug, goes to the local, like, CVS, uh, to which we meet the worst actor I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> so bad! So... The scene is we see the inside of the CVS uh, as and it's like facing towards the register and the door is to the right. Uh, if you guys watch the movie, you've seen this part. And we're wait, we're basically, you know, the scene is set up to know that Sarah's about to walk through the door. And we see the CVS employee who is two hands awkwardly flat on the table, just staring blankly ahead, clearly just waiting for her cue. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, uh, and then Sarah walks in and she just literally doesn't move and then sarah comes up and says like oh i need blah 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 you know i need to get this medicine and you know here's my id and then she goes i'm gonna need to see your id (laughs) and she's like okay and then she's like you know you have an upcoming payment uh she's like yeah i don't so many lines (laughs) in this movie were written where i'm like one. You know that if you have auto renew turned on, you won't have to worry about these reminders. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Or well, are you gonna do it or not? No, <laughs> she's very antagonistic for it, someone. Well, every <laughs> in this line in this movie was written as though, as though this whole movie is written like, okay, you go off and write all of the dialogue for this character. I'm gonna go off and write all the dialogue for this character. And then without looking at it, we're just going to throw those pages together and make the movie without ever looking at it. Because everybody talks to each other in a way, but nobody ever reacts to the thing that people say. Everybody Fun just fact. says a thing, then the other person <laughs> says a thing, and nobody talks to each other in a way that makes sense. Fun fact, that's uh, actually how the song Feel in This by Blink-182 was written. <laughs> yeah. They both like they both separately wrote their parts and put them together and turns out surprising no one because it's Blink-182, uh they both wrote a song about fucking. I mean <laughs> <laughs> It's like Tenacious D not writing a song about fucking or doing drugs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I've been doing cock push-ups. Um, uh, okay. Cock How many? Well, once enough. I, I, you only know I really need to do one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you messaged me this morning just to say, I hate this movie. I'm like, oh, good. If, if Michael hates it, then... Uh, there, I mean, there's two possibilities. It could either actually be really good and you're just an asshole, uh, or True. more likely it's terrible and you're still an asshole. <laughs> I, I mean, you have a safe bet on both of those, to be honest. <laughs> and so I started watching it, and the first thing I see is the... like. It, it, uh, 
I don't even, if I remember correctly, I don't even think it was like direct scripture quote. It was just basically like a preachy message at the beginning about accepting salvation. I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I know where this is going already. Like, I lived this for, you know, 18 years or whatever. Um, and then it goes into Sarah waking up. She gets a phone call and like she answers it and they, they just hang up. And she goes about her morning uh, and, you know, she makes breakfast. She makes scrambled eggs with a fork in her nonstick pan. It made me so goddamn angry. Um, but then she kind of redeems herself because, you know, like, she she sits down at her computer a little bit, and then, like, she appears to, I mean, we don't see the screen, but appears to follow the proper etiquette of actually remembering to eject the, uh, the thumb drive before removing it, uh, which, you know, okay, like, you're not entirely dense. Good for you. Uh, right. Still, don't use your fucking fork in the pan. Um, but then you know, she, she goes to the, the pharmacy. And this is all set in uh, Winnipeg, uh, by the way, yep. in Canada. Uh, uh, which and, is also uh, filmed in Winnipeg. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she's got a dope-ass apartment, by the way. Yeah, she like, does. The, the view out of those giant windows. Like, I've never been to Winnipeg, but like that feels like like that would be the kind of place I would want to live if I was there. Anyway, oh, yeah. Um, while the pharmacist is distracted uh, getting her medication, she like pops her thumb drive in, and it, apparently it does some credential extraction, which I don't know how. Uh, yeah. But she later uses that back at her apartment to uh, you know, automatically schedule a renewal of her uh, of her prescription without her having to pay for it, which is clever. Um, which is, by the way, I kids, if you can do that, fucking do it. You yeah, didn't hear that from me. <laughs> um, I mean, don't do that. Wink. Wink. <clears throat> um, yeah, again, I, I don't know how. We, we later learn that she's a software engineer. Uh, and the one thing that this movie kind of gets right, kind of, is that someone actually took the time to write uh, some terminal applications that... The, uh, that somebody, whether it's actually the actors or not, I don't know, uh, can interact with. Uh, where they get it wrong is it's very clearly running a Windows prompt because it starts with C colon, uh, yeah, and she's running that. it on a Mac, which, okay, that's stupid. But you know what? You, you did some work, and I appreciate that. Uh, and they also do have a legitimate interactive database that they're like properly querying with SQL. Uh, so they get some of the tech aspect right in this movie, which surprised me because that's always total garbage. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's always just like bullshit made up. Somebody just clackety, clackety, clackety. I'm in. Uh, whereas here, like they, they do some things that are feasible. Not all of what they do really is, but it's, it's, it's believable enough. Now, when they start talking, all believability goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other frustrating thing about the the whole like hacking system thing is that they spend multiple scenes and so much time doing it and it's just it, it's it doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. one scene of like, hey, cuz the whole purpose of them hacking into, let's say, we'll use the term hacking into because it's movie magic term, but mm -hmm. The whole purpose of what they're doing is is the reason is is they uh, so it turns out that uh, uh, Sarah. Well, actually, we'll just get into it. So yeah, let's after after leaving, Sarah goes to a little diner. She leaves and she bumps into uh, this guy. You know, knocking everything about. Um, and, uh, the person that she bumps into is Jude. Mm -hmm. Uh, now Jude, uh, who by the way is not even listed, uh, in the top billing of the cast. No. Uh, he's like, not even listed in the cast, let's say. Um, two minor characters that barely have any impact on the story whatsoever are listed in the, the credits here, uh, on, on IMDb. But like the only other like primary character in this is not. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, which is wild to me. Um, but I do, I do also want to point out something that, that really, really bugged me. Okay. Um, so on IMDb, um, mm -hmm. Gloria Thompson is the person who plays Sarah, right? Mm -hmm. So in, uh, Gloria's, um, uh, description, like her, her, her bio on IMDb, it yeah. says, uh, she, you know, you know, blah, blah, Gloria. She's a Canadian actress. She made her transition into film with saving grace. Uh, she recently snubbed the lead role in the upcoming feature time sleeper 
set to be released in the fall of 2019. That's not what that word means. When you say that you snubbed something, yeah. It means you you ignored it or you you like you purposefully uh didn't do it yeah. or didn't choose it. Yeah. They're using the word wrong. She uses the word wrong in her own fucking bio because she did grab the time sleeper. She is the main character in Time Sleeper. She is the actress in Time Sleeper. Yeah. I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> I I I read that and I was like, she recently snubbed the lead role. What? <laughs> and then I would like had to go back and forth to be like, oh, am I looking at the wrong person? But no, this is really her. She just wrote her fucking bio wrong. She wrote her bio wrong. Who does that? Oh my god, I'm looking at the it's, descriptions for these other movies, which I think are they're also all, um, the same same writer. Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, the Bisong Taiwo. Yeah. Um, they're, they're bad. So anyways, yeah. uh, so she bumps into this guy, Jude, and you know, they have their little mute, cute, meet cute moment. And, uh, we, we get this one little instance where she, all of the stuff falls out of her hands. Um, and the stuff that falls is like paperwork and a little flash drive. And they focus on the flash drive and I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those, like his flash drive knocked out of his hand and hers knocked out of his hand, but she picks up his and he picks up hers and blah, blah, blah. That's not what happens at all. In fact, that entire point of like pointing out those things meant nothing. It, it did, but it was super fucking subtle. Uh, but like it, stupidly like, subtle. It was stupidly subtle in that like you see the, the vial of the M5 drug that she got from the, right. the uh, pharmacy. And he later says, when it, when you dropped your stuff, I, I couldn't help it. I saw the the M five. Yeah. Uh, so that just establishes that he knows now that she has the sin virus because that's the the drug for it. Um, it's also worth pointing out because it's vaguely relevant later uh, that he uh, she she gives him the the wrong name reflexively and then corrects herself. She's like, I'm sorry, and she's like, Oh, and he's like, Oh, should I trust you at all? Like what? Like what made you change your mind? She's like, oh, you know, give, you know, just used to giving the wrong name to strangers. Like, oh, why do you trust me? Sort of thing. It's a, it's a weird, awkward moment. But then he's like, you know, can I, can I make it up by taking you to lunch later? And they meet at a little restaurant, which has a frame for an awning, but it's completely wide open. It's just three bars sticking out from the from the from the from the, the building with lights running yeah. along them but no covering so it's not an awning at all it's a completely worthless structure <laughs> like what's the point it's not even a pergola there's not even like so uh, i think horizontal beams <laughs> i think the reason is is because i think it's a chain like i think it's like a very well-known chain restaurant and they like rented it out and had to take the awning off because it probably has the logo that's it because when i saw it i was like this isn't like some diner. This looks like a like a Chipotle. Like that's what it's, it looked like. It looked like somebody took the the just the names off a of Chipotle and made it look like a diner. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. like she sits down and orders a an iced tea and nothing else and he's like, you know, three things. First of all, you look really nice. Second, I don't remember. It was some iced other. tea is disgusting. And then, yeah, and then uh, finally iced tea is disgusting. And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, you're drinking wine before 11 or something like that. And it's, which is like, he, they both like neither one of them order food. They go to lunch. Neither one of them orders food. She orders an iced tea and he's got a glass of wine and they're just sitting I'm like, what, the, at, what is the point? At like uh, at a fucking diner who orders mm-hmm. wine at a diner. <laughs> but the, the, the payoff does come later when, uh, he kind of invites himself over to her house and he brings a half full, just fucking jug, like a growler, of red wine, which is amazing. <laughs> Why? Uh, but he he asks her like, you know, what do you do? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm unemployed right now, but I'm a software engineer. He's like, oh, software engineer. Wow, like makes an oddly big deal about it. But it turns out he is uh, the CTO uh, of of all places, V Corp. Weird. Weird. Well, well, isn't that convenient? What are the chances of her just happening to run into the chief technology officer of the major pharma company that makes the one drug that uh, she thinks is keeping her alive? Oh, did I just spoil something? Right. Also, how is it that the... (laughs) Listen, man. 
<laughs> I, I get that people know different things, right? Like mm-hmm. I went to school for film, but I know I know I know a thing or two about a thing or three. Mm-hmm. And uh, but how is it that the CTO, the chief technology officer, was able to produce an entirely new medication? Mm, interesting. Because he even says he was the one who made it. Yeah. And he's trying to test it. And they have done human trials, but like the the mob is after them. <laughs> he it, it could be one of those scenarios where an executive is just taking credit because he like he pushed the work, like he you know, created a skunk works org in the in the company and because he even says like I I like have done this like R and D department on the side uh to focus on the, this other drug. Uh and so you know he he doesn't act like he really knows a lot about it other than like what he's been told. He doesn't doesn't act like he really was deeply involved in the creation of the drug. Um but she uh, she mentions at one point that she had applied for a, a job because he's like, "Oh, you should come work for us." Uh and she's like, "Well, I applied, but I didn't get the job." He's like, "Oh, well, let me look into why." I'm like, "Well, I think that might be yeah, you know, possibly an HR violation. Totally. Even if you are the CTO, sir. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, what what was it? he? He does find out, and like he calls her. He's like, "Can I, like, can I come over and like we'll talk about it?" And she's like, "Um, that's weird, but I guess okay." And that's when he shows up with the jug of wine. Yeah, and and the the reasoning behind it was like, oh, there was two candidates, and you both were oh, yeah. equally qualified, so they just picked the other one at random. Like, Sorry. Luck like, of the draw. Oh, and then he tries to make some, like, awkward joke about, oh, well, it turns out, like, by policy, we can only have one black engineer at a time. And, yeah. And, like, the joke falls completely flat. Like, yeah, it seemed like, I thought he was it, serious like, at first, and I was like, oh, Yeah, wait. like... There was basically no chemistry between these two actors, and if there had been, if it had been a really lighthearted kind of jokey mood, and he had done that, and she laughed, and you know, maybe even made a quip back, okay. But like he makes the, the statement like way too deadpan, and she just doesn't really react to it at all. I'm like, there you go, buddy. Yeah, there, there, there it is. There's you're, your answer. You're acting. <laughs> you're acting with a brick wall. Um, you know who he reminds me of? He reminded me of Dougie Doug from the Cosby Show because he, he acts like him in the same way. Because he's like, you know, he's like, da, 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 and he talks really fast and everything he says. No, I'm just kidding. Ha ha ha. But I gotta talk really fast. You know, like he mm-hmm. acts exactly like Dougie Doug did in the Cosby Show, and uh, um, she acted like the couch. Uh, he she just. <laughs> Sort of sat there. She was, it was kind of unfortunate. Oh my God. Um, so now we've got all our cast of characters together and the general plot is about to begin. Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, fucking this movie, man. Um, all right. So before we go, if you guys haven't hit uh, a subscribe, please uh, make sure to do that or follow or whatever it is that your podcast player of choice uh, does. We'd super appreciate it. And of course, uh, leaving a rating and review. Uh, but we're continuing on with uh, listener requests all through August and stuff like that. So Caleb, where could they go and how would they go about doing said thing? Oh, well, that's a great question. Now, you can I visit so. uh, you can visit our website over at thenahoit.com. It's T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com, uh, which we recently found out doesn't work if you click on a link in Twitch chat, but does work if you just <laughs> type it out. Um, uh, where you can find our, our schedule of upcoming episodes, links to trailers, as well as where you can find them streaming if available. And uh, just below that is our contact form where you can reach out. And uh, that is that is the best place to let us know of a movie that you want to see us talk about uh, because that'll, uh, that goes right to our inboxes. And I, I make a point to put it directly into a note uh, yeah. so I don't forget. But of course, you can always hit us up on social media as well. Uh, and, you know, Michael is promising right here and now to uh, make sure to to take note of every request that comes in. <laughs> Yes, I will. I will take note of every request that comes in, not via the website and via social media, which we have done in the past. Velocipasser was a a movie that was requested uh, via social media as there was some other movie. I don't remember, but Velocipasser. What a a great movie. What a dope Um, movie. Yeah, that's uh, I'm due for a rewatch. All right. We're going to go for a break. We will be right back. If you're like me. You used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. 
Lose Yourself in Original Short Stories. Performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift Radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word. Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com slash storyteller. Hey all, it's Michael Fight here and I want to talk about Set Condition 1, Night Shift Radio's premier Battlestar Galactica fan cast. Join the crew as they quest for Earth one episode at a time. Newcomer Andrea and seasoned vets Caleb and Kitsy discuss discuss the 2004 sci-fi series as they try to figure out who are the Cylons. I hear they look like us now. They just entered the last season of the series, so you've got tons of episodes to binge to catch up before the new series launches next year. Trust me, you'll want to binge when you start this series. Join them at Condition one throughout thepodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. Hello and welcome back. All right. So we've had our conversation, Sarah and Jude, and, you know, he tells the thing, hey, I, you know, I'm secretly developing this drug, and, you know, if you take it, you'll be cured of sin virus, and, uh, you know, the world will be great, and you won't have to buy drugs every week, and, well, why are you doing this? Wouldn't that bankrupt your company? You know, hey, that's weird. Oh, wait, is it because you also have sin virus? Dun, dun, dun. He never admits to. Um, yeah, he just think. verbally acknowledges. Kind of uh, cagey about it. Um, yeah. It also annoyed me because we, we watched Predestination so recently, and it, that starts with a, like, what what would you do if I could put the person who ruined your life in front of you and you know, guarantee that you got away with, like, that whole scenario. And he does, like, Jude does something like that uh, with Sarah here, where he's like, what would you do if I said you could eliminate the sin virus forever? And I'm just like, uh, why does that? Why why does that sort of proposition fall so flat here in this movie? I guess it's because nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, nothing matters uh, at all in this movie. It, it really doesn't. That's the other frustrating part is that so much happens that is irrelevant to the plot. Like, so this is the part. So finally, he's like, okay, you know, you can test this, but like. You know, I, I, you know, I really, he, he's basically pushing her to test it. And she's like, yeah, but what if I die? And he's like, you're not going to die. Just trust me, bro. Yeah. And she's like, uh, which at, at this point, he also hasn't yet acknowledged that they've done other human trials. He's basically implying to yeah. her that she would be the first trial. And like, what do you got to lose? Just do it anyway, bro. You know, like he's like, it's really like, it's a bad take on an even worse, like, 80s, like, uh, after-school PSA about drug pushers. Oh, 100%. Um, which, later on, we find out that they've been doing human trials, and everybody who was part of the human trial now is in a coma. Um, which is a plot point that I feel like could and should have paid off later and, like, had some form of consequence. But spoiler, it doesn't. Nothing uh, matters. Everything is garbage. There are there are two more like total throwaway plot points that feel like they're setting you up for like this big kind of like conspiracy sort of thing, uh, along with the uh, the storyline of the the other human uh, trials uh, ending up in comas. Uh, one. <clears throat> While uh, Sarah's at home watching TV, she sees a uh, a news story about uh, a woman. You know, it's been a, a year now. You know, she's you know, it's like someone sort of famous, but she's being interviewed by uh, a DJ. Which, like, when they're just showing it on her TV, the footage it looks so bad. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, yeah, how it, was, it looks just like home movie quality when they yeah. showed it. Anyway, it was like uh, a VHS being, tape. <laughs> yeah. So she's being interviewed, and he's like, you know, I'm being pressured to ask. I got to ask you about your son. And she she talks about how, like, a year ago, like, some, you know, deranged woman took her son, but they were able to get him back, and she's just glad that that, that woman's uh, in, you know, in, in an institution now getting treatment, and she's, she, you know, getting better or whatever. Uh, and as this um, interview is happening, Sarah has this like crazy dizzy spell, like you know she's remembering something or something like that. So it's it's like I was led to believe that the woman on the TV was referring to Sarah, and that we're going to find out. Oh, like all of this is happening in Sarah's head, and she's really in this institution because she tried to to kidnap a child uh, a year ago. Never pays off. Uh, the um, 
Well, I guess we'll, we'll get to the, the next one after we get to the, the time travel plot because it's it's relevant there. Yes, I think I know which one you're thinking about. So, so Sarah decides to, you know, after after much debating, decides to take the the shot. Um, and it's only like a little drop of black liquid. It's like I think he says like two drops of black liquid in some water. <laughs> the the key ingredient in the medicine is something that they call ebony one, uh, which in another like really weird awkward moment, he's just like I know the name, and like I don't get the- it. Is is it is like it an inside joke? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, is 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 it trying to be that? Like, right. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It's another one of those like failed jokes because it's just poorly written. Poorly um, written and bad delivery. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, bad deliveries. Yeah, the other one. There's stuff in here that like could have been pulled off really well by by a really good writer and by strong delivery. Uh, that just this movie doesn't have at all. Mm-mm. So she takes the shot and starts to like, blah, 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 blah. She passes out and uh, we get a Groundhog Day scenario. She wakes up back in bed exactly as she was at the start of the movie. Her phone rings exactly as it did. It's it's an empty line on the other end, which I thought was going to play off to something and doesn't. Well, um, this time it's there. There is a man's voice that oh, like right. starts saying like ominous things, like uh, "You're messing with things you shouldn't." Or, oh, turn back now. This is not what you think it is. It's not worth it. And she like hangs up on it. Uh, but that happens a few times, and each time it's a, a different, it's the same voice, but with a different ominous message. And she tries to do the whole, I told you not to call this number. Like, that doesn't stop anyone telling also, them not to call this <laughs> Also, she acts like she doesn't know why they're calling. Like, she's yeah. like, uh, you know, don't call here, and hangs the phone and was like, well, that was weird, and goes about her day and be like, Bitch, you know exactly what this is about. Like, you are literally taking an experimental drug from a billion-dollar corporation. Like, you know what they're calling about. Like, what fucking else could they possibly be calling about? Like, the first time I get it, like, oh, this is weird. I I, I remember getting a, a weird phone call yesterday, and they just hung up, and now it's some guy that's ranting, and like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's someone just pranking me or harassing me. But, like... She learns that, like, you know, every time she takes this drug, she go, excuse me, goes back to that same morning uh, and goes through the same bullshit where she ruins her fucking uh, good pan with a fork and <laughs> all of the things. Um, except once she uh, once she realizes that uh, the I think it might be the, the second time through. Uh, no, it's it's the it's the second day, so it's the first time travel. Uh, when she runs into Jude again in that moment, uh, she almost immediately is like, "Wait, this this is weird." And like she she makes a like a deja vu reference the first time through. So I guess maybe we can assume that this loop has already been happening. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, again, n- not enough information. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is all mud. All unnecessary death. Um, but uh, she she starts to make the deja vu joke, and then she's like, wait, no, I've done this before. And, like, she just explains it to him, and he just believes her. Uh, and they they start the, the conversation about the, the drug earlier on, and then she, can, like, she convinces him that he does it as well, and, like, just happens to, like, have her phone number memorized. So the next morning she wakes up again, gets the creepy phone call and hangs up on him and then gets another phone call and it's him. And he's like, Oh my God, it worked. Right. And so the frustrating part about this is that they go about this cycle several times. Mm -hmm. They do it over and over and over again, uh, with, uh, I mean, it really only would have taken like twice once they've like figured it out for him to basically be like, okay, I gave you this many milligrams, which, send us back this many hours. We've already verified it twice. So now I can math that out to figure out because now only up until now, does she tell the story about her son? We don't know about the son up until this moment. This is halfway or more through the film at this point. Yeah. Like just before she wakes up, she has these weird like dreams where she's looking at this kid in the distance and like she tries to yell but it's just like computer voice yeah. it's like, over, the, like when when neo goes into the matrix for the first time it's yeah. that 
and uh, like and that's superimposed over like some super eighties like synth uh, soundtrack going on. Dude, the music in this movie was so dramatic, so dramatic, unnecessarily. And, you know, <laughs> It didn't help that my downstairs neighbor decided to throw a fucking dance party the moment I was watching this movie, too. I would have so rather gone to neighbor's I got, dance party. It, no. Um, <laughs> it, I got his music filtering up oh, <laughs> the, like, the intense, dramatic music of this. I'm like, I don't know what's what here. I really don't. This is really fucking with my head. <laughs> oh, that's spectacular. So but they they decide to uh, to test it out and to you know like well if if one dose takes you back one day then you know we should triple the dose and it should take us back three days but then there's this whole wasted sequence where they're like wait no the one dose just took me back to this morning so you know, three doses will only take me back two days and it's, you know what it's all semantics at this point you know you've gone back a full day. Regardless, um, right? But they they do that, and you know she she memorizes his phone number and tries to call him, and it, like the the number's not in service, and then he calls her, and he's like, "Oh, I just I forgot that I just got a new phone contract yesterday uh, or, <laughs> or tomorrow." Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, um, but again, like, what was the point of that? There was no point to that. That's wasted dialogue. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're wasting, and like the 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 amount of times that they go through taking the drug and mathing it out, like you can montage that, or you can just say like, okay, trial forty two. Now we're gonna do the blah blah blah. Like you don't have to show all of that bullshit. You're wasting good character building time. There is no character building in this whole fucking movie. And this is where we get the the quote unquote hacking sequence too, because in order to get larger doses they have to requisition more of the e1 the ebony one and in order to do that like that's all being traced and you know they have to go through this whole thing where they shut off the logging servers in order to try to run it anonymously so the order doesn't show is coming from from him uh but they have to still have to like you know, run a force command because it just throws an error like, oh, you know, can't can do it. See your IT admin for for help, which was a very funny generic error to to throw. Right. Uh, and so they have to like, you know, query the database and delete the original order, and then query for like his uh, UID and go back and like run the force command with that. And all. I'm like, okay, this is all mildly interesting. It's mostly wrong, but it's it's mildly interesting again because. They're doing it in somewhat believable ways, but like the dialogue is is what killed it for me. Especially when he starts talking about their IT operations team. Oh, they're they're tracing it. Like we got to be quick. I'm like, first of all, no, they're not. You know, IT operations. Let, let your fucking help desk. They don't care what what requisitions <laughs> you're making. And, and they're like, not watching it in real time. Yeah. <laughs> and like maybe you have a threat detection uh, system that is like pulling and aggregating long logs and like running checks on things. But again, they're not they're not watching it in real time and they're sure as shit not tracing back to your specific location. So there's a sequence later when they, they've tested the, the the we'll call it three day journey because that's really what it was. Uh, and they decide to go for the full year. And he's like, well I really need to be on site for this. Like I've got to be there physically in person in order to put the order, which like kind of like totally goes against everything that they did previously. Like, you know, right. they have to do the whole, like everything else exactly the same, but he has to be there in person, which kind of sets up like there, there might be like an ominous reason. Like maybe he's, he's selling her out or he's fucking with her, but like, no, he just, he takes fucking forever to get to the office to the point where like she dozes off. Uh, and you know, he wakes up and like, that's a point that they make, they make sure that you understand that like he took too long to get to the office and she fell asleep. But then, like, she forgets a step in the in the process and uh, accidentally runs the, the command, and it triggers an alert. And they're like, "Oh no, IT operations! They're tracing you. You got to get out of there!" And they show up within seconds, literally within like, seconds. And they're henchmen. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're literally just like straight up fucking beefy dudes that just come walking into the CTO's house. They walk right. right into his house, down it's into his, his basement, or like his like, like home office, his man cave. He, he refers Fuck to off. it as his man cave, uh, and like they're just wandering around. 
the house. And then like when, you know, she's trying to escape it was like, this was supposed to be a dramatic moment, but it just wasn't because it was so unbelievable. And like her phone goes off and one of them finds her and like, it tries to assault her. And then like, she, she hits him and like runs away and like hides half under a car. And like, also every time, like there, there are a couple scenes where she's trying to run away from a bad guy. Question mark. We don't question why, what the point, like, but like we do, but not to the point of this. She goes down like dark alleys and like into buildings and hides like, like crouched behind a car or like half slides under one. Like she just the worst at escaping ever. Um, and I say this because there, there was the other plot point that never, never paid off. Uh, and she's walking around the city in broad daylight and she realizes that she's being tailed. So rather than staying out in public, in the bright sunshine and whatnot, she starts running and, like, ducking down alleys and into a parking garage and everything and, like, thinks she's safe if she, you know, ducks behind a car. Like, she literally turns behind the, the car in front of him with him, like, 20 feet behind and thinks that she lost him. She thinks she got away. She's real dumb if this is the case. Uh, and, then like, you know, she thinks she's safe, so she starts to wander away and he, like, hits her. And then she wakes up in the, the back of a box truck like, where am I? You're in a truck. Why? Well, I couldn't just leave you lying unconscious in the, the parking garage. That would look suspicious, wouldn't it? Yeah, you got a point there. Uh, yeah. But there's, again, this whole, like, really, like, stilted, awkward, shitty dialogue where, like, like, what do you want from me? I tried to call you. Why did you try to call me? You wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what? What's happening? And, like, he, he tries to, to you know, like give her this dire warning about, you know, like none of this is real. And like, you're, you know, they're, they're using you. And like, you're like, he hints at the story of the woman in, uh, in the institution who stole the child. And he's like, you know, you, you lost your kid a year ago and you went, you went crazy. And so you, you, in, with you, in your grief, you kidnapped another kid and they, they caught you. So like, he's basically reinforcing what I assumed earlier was that this story is actually about a woman who uh, was hospitalized for psychiatric treatment after, like, you know, losing her own child and going mad with grief and abducting someone else's child uh, and being caught and all this stuff. And, you know, like, maybe there's been some experimental drugs that have caused her to think she's time traveling or something like that. All that could possibly, if done right, could have been a better plot. Nope, doesn't pay off. He, like, she kind of, like, shoves him and he's like, oh! Like, Which he looks like a like a European men's soccer player, uh, yeah. and like stumbles out the back of the box truck, and then uh, just some arms grab him and throw him aside, and who should appear but Jude to the rescue? Don't know why he was there, right? And so there is there is also a, a statement that Jude makes about like once he finds out that uh, like why she wants to do this about going back and saving her, uh, and saving her child. He mm-hmm. even uh, implies something to the effect of multiverse of like separated timelines. He's like, no, like if you go back, you're you're not saving your child. You're taking someone else's, you're taking another mother's child. Like that's not your kid at that point. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he's talking about like Avengers style timeline. Like once you go back and reset it, it forms a new timeline. <sighs> Where set you know you're going back and taking that other timelines kid and not your own, and I was like okay, I was like I I can get down with that, but still this movie is you know it's been an hour in this movie and it's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so so at this point, so much has happened and none of it is relevant or affects anything, and so eventually they get all the things they need. And, you know, it's, they're going to do their trip. And for some reason he's going to go, but I don't really understand why he would because he's about to lose a year of his life Mm -hmm. as a successful CTO of a company. He's going to literally undo a year's worth of work by going back in time with her. 
all I of his work. Understand. Like he wasn't even CTO at the time. And she's like, well, I find is like, you won't be able to, I was working in one of our remote offsite locations and all this stuff. And then like they, they have this whole thing where like he does eventually bring her the, the, the year's dose, but then tries to talk her out of doing it. And like she gets mad and tries to stab him and takes it anyway. And which this is, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully he's still got some of that wine left for the pain. Um, <laughs> uh, this is where, like, she wakes up on the hospital bed and, like, immediately, like, jumps up and, like, starts getting dressed. And, like, a nurse walks in. She's like, what are you doing? And she's like, has the operation been done? She's like, no, but the doctor's on his way. And, like, And she just runs out of the room. And the nurse is like, you know we don't give refunds. Like, you're expecting a laugh track. Right. Right. That was like the weirdest, like, like when the nurse said that, I was like, I don't really think this is the moment. Like, this is your defining, like, dramatic moment where she makes, you know, does, does the thing where she doesn't have the abortion, like, and you want to throw a fucking joke in here? Like, your message is already shitty, but now you want to fucking joke about it? Like, yeah, but it's just, it was so awkward. It's okay because Jude comes to his senses and he also takes the, the, the dosage and comes back and he finds her so that he can be with her to help raise the child because she needs a man. Yeah, of course she does. Yeah. Fuck Especially this movie, Jude. man. <laughs> so that is Time Sleeper. Uh, it, it, uh, so should you watch this movie? No. 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 <laughs> Uh, you should absolutely not watch this movie. Instead, I will recommend you go and watch Synchronic instead, starring Anthony Mackie. It is a better uh, um, uh, POC-fronted film. Um, let's actually take a look who uh, wrote and directed Synchronic. Um, so Jun- Justin Benson, so it was, you know, two white guys. Of course it was. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, Anthony Mackie uh, stars in Synchronic. Uh, which you can, uh, it also has uh, Jamie Dornan, by the way. Um, uh, but uh, Synchronic is available on Netflix. Uh, don't go watch, uh, literally don't watch this movie, um, Time Sleeper. Don't watch Time Sleeper. It is a waste of your time. You're going to hate it. It's not even like interesting bad, funny bad, haha, I can make fun of this movie through it like Tommy was so bad. It's just fucking bad. It's just a Honestly, terrible movie. Going back to the comparison I was making earlier where it it had the vibe of like the kind of movie that we would have been encouraged to watch in youth group as a kid. Uh, It doesn't even do that right. It doesn't like (laughs) it's so heavy handed with the the religious themes, but doesn't even have a cohesive message uh, other than like abortion was the biggest tragedy that this woman ever underwent. And she literally had to, to, to do time travel to undo the thing. Uh, yeah, like it, in order to seek redemption for her own self. Right. Like it really like, yeah, like I, I think I would have respected it more if they were more religiously heavy handed mm-hmm. or not like heavy handed, but more blatant of like, no, you don't understand. Like, like we like, don't. If go Kirk back Cameron had made at least an appearance in this movie, it would have made way more sense. <laughs> it definitely would. I don't think Kirk Cameron likes black people, though. So I don't think, that, <laughs> I think you're right. right. Yeah. Um, oh, it's funny because he's a piece of shit. It that's why it's funny. That's exactly that is that was exactly why. Um uh, you know, whatever. Uh fuck your camera. Nobody cares about it. Um uh so uh, my parents watched that fire storm, fire start, whatever the wow. fuck that movie he was in like so many times. So many. Jesus Christ. Literally. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. So unfortunately, I'm sorry if you guys watched this movie in advance. Uh, uh, I do apologize. I definitely thought it was going to be a different movie. I, I have not, uh, genuinely apologized for making people watch a movie. I will jokingly apologize when we've done bad movies like Se- Sex Squatch and, uh, you know, um, uh, Terror at Blood Fart Lake. Did we do that one? No, I just think it was Sex Squatch. We did uh, one of the Blood Fart like movies, but I think it was just like it was adjacent to that. It was like in the same the, cinematic yeah. universe. Um, um, and I apologize for those movies because I'm like, haha, it's funny. I made you watch this this gross, like you know, uh, purposefully bad movie. But I'm genuinely sorry if you watch this movie 
uh, in advance. I I am actually sorry. You know what? I'm, I've been trying to decide if this is worse than Wolves. Yes. Because that was also pretty bad and made our guest angry at us. But it had decent action and Jason Momoa. That is true. Yeah. Which I couldn't say for this movie at all. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so next up, uh, we have, uh, so this is our, our last time travel film of July, but we will have some in August. Uh, last up, we're going to be doing time crime, uh, which is a Nacho Vigalondo movie who, uh, if you guys remember, Nacho Vigalondo is the, uh, director of Colossal, the, uh, Anne Hathaway Kaiju film we did, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm actually, I am actually excited for this. Uh, I th- I think this movie is going to be, I think it's going to be wild. Jury's still out for me, but yeah, I mean, Colossal was a good movie. So Colossal like, was a great movie. If it's half as good as Colossal, I'm down. That's true. Yeah, I mean, like then it's not that bad. Um, so all right, thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. We will see you uh, Thursday. Yeah. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.